A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. Rob Pietro at Dead Poor Hitter on Twitter. Hope everyone's doing well. This is the main event NFBC Fab Player Movement Special with my boy Todd Whitestone from SPStreamer.com, who writes a phenomenal article that he talks about. Make sure everyone you head there to SPStreamer.com. Check out Todd's article. Check out everyone on the SPStreamer team right now. Um, Everyone's writing some good content there, so head there, check out the free articles, and join the Discord. Um, you know, got a, Michael Simeone, SP Streamer, has put together a um, pretty cool little community in there. So if anyone's interested um, for a lot of good fantasy baseball talk, head over there, um, and you'll get a chance to bother Todd all the time. Um, but yeah, um, this is Monday night of the Home Run Derby. I'm talking really fast because the Home Run Derby starting soon. We just recorded. So um, yeah, hope everyone enjoys it. Hope everyone sits back, watch some baseball, some Home Run Derby action. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro. I'm here with Todd Whitestone, again, talking about the NFBC player movement in the main event. Todd, how are you in this fine Monday? We've got the All-Star Derby tonight. Yesterday, we had the Future Game, the MLB Draft. Um, cool little set of days. I'm excited. Um, just makes an even uh, fantastic sport even better. What do you think, yeah. Todd? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's a nice break. You know, we've been going at this for several months you know several weeks in a row certainly and i think it's good to sort of take a breath and look around and maybe just sit back and enjoy the home run derby yeah absolutely just um that's what i kind of did yesterday was uh just really um taking in the um the the youth of the game um you know obviously a lot of these players we won't see for a couple of years or even have an impact in a fantasy game for, for quite some time, but still um, cool to see different levels of, yep. of uh, baseball. And tonight, you know, like I said, just sit back and relax and feel we're going to get a pretty good show from all the contestants in the home run derby. Um, but, you know, we still got work to do, right? You know, yes. um, when everyone sleeps, that's when, uh, that's when you make the leap, Todd. So um, <laughs> is that a rhyme? When everyone sleeps, yeah, you make close, the leap. Very, very close to a rhyme, Rob. Very. Yeah, sleep and leap. All right. All right. I'm going with it. Um, yeah, yeah, go with it. <laughs> go <laughs> with it. So, um, Todd, you once again came out with your SP Streamer article over at spstreamer.com, continuing the Target 5000 um, yes. um, theme for the main event um, that you're digging into, uh, looking to get those um, 80th percentile statistics. So you don't get the home runs this week. Um, so take it away and tell us what you found, including yeah, so, the the uh, yearly trend, which I found to be pretty interesting. Yeah. 
I was tracking the yearly trend of home runs per game and all the way back to 2015 when it was 1.01. And then it rose all the way up to 2019, 1.39 in that big happy fun ball year. Um, and then the short season of 2020 dropped to 1.28. And so I wanted to see what was happening in uh, the early part of the year. And then also just recently after they got rid of the, uh, the spider tack and all the stuff the pitchers were using. So through June 8th, it had dropped from 128 in the short season to 1.15. And from June 9 to July 6th, it was bouncing up to 1.26, which was about even with 2020 and getting closer to 2019. So the mm -hmm. home runs are definitely back. And I think it just goes to show you that we're playing a different game than we were in April and May of this year. Well, yeah, absolutely. One thing popped out to me when I look at that chart, you know, and you mentioned in 2019, 1.39, 2020, 1.28. Um, and that last period from June 9th to July 6th, 1.26, only uh, 1.02 off from 2020. But as we know of 2020, right, it was only played in the warmer months. So it, it's pretty much like that. You know, I don't know. I look at this and the one thing that sticks out is, you know, the first half of the, the first couple months of the season. And who knows, you know, um, maybe maybe the old baseball back too. you know, who, we have no idea. Like, but um, those numbers definitely ring true to what was happening last year. And like you said, rising closer to 2019 status. Yeah. And I think the numbers would have risen a little bit, even without any change, Rob, because, you know, in the warmer weather, it does increase the home runs and the fly ball distance. Yep. But I, I think this is too much to just put on that. Right. I think, I think there are more home runs. The, they are scoring more runs this way. And I expect that to continue for the second half of the season. Nice. Very nice. And um, so would you um, find in your uh, target for, for yeah. the main event right now? Right. So the target uh, I showed later in the article, but the target was, um, for 2019, the full year, you needed 356 home runs to get to the 77.5% level, which is what you need to get 500 points in home runs. And on July 1st, that equates to 167 and a half homers. Or for the full season for your target, if you wanted to get to that level, you need 309. So that's 13.3% below the 2019 level. And, you know, since home runs are down 15.5%, it makes sense. But again, if home runs are still continuing to rise, Rob, you're going to need more than 309. Right. Not, that's not going to be enough unless we go back to closer to the early part of the season, the way that was going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think they're going to, you know, rise up a little bit more than 309. Um, yeah. Him, but where where are you falling right now? How are your team doing in terms of power? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty well in the uh, in the two mains that I have a legitimate chance. I'm I'm right about at the 160 170 level, and the one that I'm in with you is just a, a washout. I I have big problems there, so that's not working. But I, I expect it to be around 325. Really, is the target that you're going to need to really be competitive in this category. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. In our league, I have one seventy six, so I'm pretty pretty good there. But the my other league, I'm I'm at one forty eight, and that's the team I I tried to um, do more of a uh, uh, balanced attack um, as a team um, right. and grab some guys like I I think I mentioned once, just really focused on grabbing guys who got six to eight steals, maybe uh, you know all throughout the lineup, and it's helping me in steals, but um, the power is a little low, and also to just the average. It wasn't, um, it's not what I was expecting, but um, just looked at the leader in the main event and have 216 homers. That's a um, 214, 211. Our boy, our friend Matthew Davis is number three, Dustin Wagner, number two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a pretty, pretty impressive batting, batting yeah. totals right there. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember that home runs and RBIs kind of move together and usually Right. And then uh, steals and runs scored move a little more together. So, you know, usually if you're stronger in one pair rather than the other, you have to go searching on the wire. And I think it's a little easier, in my opinion, to get the homers and RBIs than it is to get the steals and the runs scored. But either way, you have to know where your team is at so you can target the players that would help you. Right. Yeah. And I think that team I was low on um, in home runs, I think I kind of whiffed on maybe taking a chance at like Bobby Bradley, you know, um, that was probably the kind of guy I needed to get. And I wasn't as aggressive going after him as maybe I should have been. But, um, you know, definitely uh, got to keep grinding out. But I, yeah, like like you mentioned, um, it's a little easier, it's still not easy, but still a little easier than trying to track steals is to get like, you know, um, a guy who has a good chance either by pitching matchups or by venue, you know, that he can maybe give you a chance at a, at a homer. Um, But just just getting hot. There's guys that could just get hot for a few weeks and help you in that category. It doesn't have to be the traditional power hitter. Right. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes even too, like, you know, just uh, guys with high contact rates are just giving you like more overall like chances and quantity to like, uh, you know, drive a ball out. Um, so, you, you know, you can look that way too. Um, they're, you know, putting a bat on the ball more often. So um, yeah. it could result in home runs, you know. So um, just looking at this home run total, I like how you lined up the home run leaders individual and then some teams yeah. that were up at the top. Um, it's just, uh, you know, Schwarber, obviously he's fourth with 25th, uh, with 25 homers. It's a shame that he's out. Um, Jared Walsh is another guy that stuck out to me and yep. who's eighth with 22. Marcus Simeon um, with 21. Uh, of course, Adalas Garcia, uh, just yeah. amazing for a free agent and exactly. pretty much every league to be up there. And then you get Salvatore Perez, um, who's 13th with 20 homers. You know, represent the catchers and the guy right above him too, because for as much stuff as he gets, Javier Baez, you know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, he's still producing a ton of value in Roto with yeah. his home runs and steals. And Reese Hoskins, that's a quiet twenty, very yeah. quiet twenty. He's been producing power for the teams that drafted him as well. I agree. You know, there's twenty players as of July 10th, the morning of July 10th. So this does not include the last two days that had 19 or more homers. And uh, those 20 are, are really giving you value. Adam Duval, Jesse Winker, uh, Jose Altuve. I was a little doubtful on his production this season, but he's proven me wrong. Um, Eduardo Escobar has tw- had 20 at that point. Right. So there, there's been a lot of 
value down the, the ADP chart. Right. Especially, like you said, with Altuve, um, anything that he lost speed-wise in stolen bases, he's right. making up for it at second base with 20 homers and leading leading that um, probably the best offense in the game, you know, at, at least one of. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. Good point. It's just a, a bunch of guys think- down there. And Hanniger as well, too, with 20. Just a, some really good value shots there in power that, that, that aren't doing a ton of damage to you know the rest of your lineup they're really not dragging down anywhere all these guys were great players to draft obviously but Altuve I I was thrown off because I was I said I don't think he's going to steal much which was actually correct but yeah but but I I certainly didn't see the 1920 homers by the all-star break so you know uh, kudos to those guys that that held the course and drafted him and they're getting tons of runs scored, as you mentioned. Right. Absolutely. Um, m- moving over to the um, team side, you see the Giants, the Jays, and the Twins are one, two, three, uh, right. followed by the Angels, Braves, and Cubs. Um, the Giants have 130. Uh, the Cubs have 114 total. Um, the Phillies are 20th overall with 99. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very interesting uh, to see. Um, the Angels were kind of, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the, one of the teams I was expecting to see. But uh, like the Cubs, you know, uh, they're sneaky, um, yep. sneaky 114. It's, yep. uh, I wouldn't think they were ahead total um, over the Red Sox, you know, <laughs> and the they, Astros. They uh, actually produced some power. I agree with you. That's, right. not, that's not really expected. But the, the team, of course, that surprised me is the Giants. I didn't think they'd be first. Right. They, they don't have a big home run hitter. They don't have an Otani or Vladimir Guerrero or anybody like that. So they still have 130 homers, and Brandon Crawford is the leading home run hitter with 17. I mean, they just have a lot of guys that have hit six, seven, eight, nine homers. Right. That's wonderful. That's a, that's a great balance. It's, uh, yeah. you know, and um, I feel like even with the platoons, like, I feel like when I watch teams do heavy platoons, feels like it must be harder to game plan for teams. You know, you don't know who to start, you know, like who they're going to start and um, everyone who can come in and out uh, can be effective, you know? So just really, really helps. Obviously that's correlating to a bunch of the success they're having so far this year. Um, Kudos to the the whole organization there. They're really hitting on everything. They're hitting on the pitcher that they're signing. They're hitting on the youngsters coming up. Um, you know, yep, putting it together. This is uh, yeah, gotta give um, credit, gotta give yeah, credit. absolutely for sure. Um, yeah, so let's get into some uh, of the uh, fab talk for um, dollar wise for the average winning bid sure. for sure. the week. Okay. Went up about a what a buck, a little over a buck, a little over a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, bids, I think, pushed it a little higher this week, but the. So the average bid was $14.20 last week was $13.03, but it's still below the $15 mark has been for the last, you know, most of the last five weeks it's been around $15, $14. And since the average main event team has won about 1.86 bids, that stays pretty constant every week. Um, and they've all, the average team has spent $758 which means they have 242 about of fab. 
which means they'll, if they budgeted exactly evenly, they need, uh, they could spend $22.09 each of the last 11 periods. So the bidding is, again, we've said this before, Rob, but the, the bidding is slowing down, it's getting less, but it's not getting as much less as you would expect. So there's gonna be some teams that really are gonna have trouble bidding more than two, three dollars at the very end. Right. I have um, 163 in our league and 393 in my other league. Okay, let's see. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I was aggressive last week in our league on, on Suarez, and I was happy to get him. And this week, um, I went back in with Bender. Um, uh-huh. and I was kind uh-huh. of aggressive there. Uh, you know, I felt like that was the next part of making my move. Um, part of the reason I, I, I got into second place um, was just chipping away like a little bit where I could, especially in pitching. Um, but um, Chapman was my main source of, st- of, of saves and um, given a little bit of uncertainty, I'm confident he'll, he'll come back soon, especially with Chad Green meltdown. But um, yeah. I, I was happy with Suarez and I think rest of the season, I'm expecting him to give me at least, you know, 10 plus. And I felt Bender was going to be a similar, you know, um, guy like that. But uh, it's, um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, it's time, time is, (laughs) is, uh, is, is coming close to the end of the season. And that 163 does scare me, but um, I was kind of, confident that it would be uh, beneficial, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, I am already, you know, trying to map out in my head, you know, how I plan to, how much I want to spend from now until when there's four weeks left. Right. So right. I'm trying to give myself X amount, let's say a hundred, you know, and know, okay, I'll have 67 from now until that, that point. So, right. um, and I'm going to try to, you know, work to that as much as I can. Um, So, yeah, that's a good way to approach it, I think. If you say, well, there's seven fab periods before I get to the final four weeks. Yeah. And how much can I spend in those seven in order to have, you know, whatever, $75 left? Then, you know, you got to figure that out and sort of stick to it. There might be guys you want, but you got to say, well, if I don't bid high enough because I'm trying to limit, I got to do it. I have personally in the two mains I'm competitive. I have 187 and 240. So 187 is definitely light. Uh, 240 is okay. It's not great, but um, you know you have to, when a guy comes up, you got to make your choice. Do you want is it good enough to really put that whole end game at risk? Right. It's just like real life, Todd. If you want to be successful and leave a good life and not live above your means, you have to make these decisions in real life too, right? You know, you got to be frugal in your decisions. You have to, you know, know what you can handle financially and um, not, you know, try to, you know, live that GQ lifestyle, like that (laughs) many people aspire to. (laughs) So uh, Bab is just like that, you know, you just got to understand like, all right, I'm going to have to ration now from the next (laughs) couple of months. I just got laid off or whatever your case is, you know, and uh, you got to figure it out. My my dad had a great line to me one time. He thought I was getting an apartment that was too expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he, he was shaking his head, looking at me and he couldn't believe that I wasn't taking his advice. And he goes, his, his line was champagne taste on a beer budget. Yes. Yes. I love that line. Yes. yes. 
Yes, that's that's uh yeah, boom, exactly. That that, that should be on a t-shirt for sure. That, that not- should be. I mean, that's uh, my family uh, still. My dad, <laughs> dad, unfortunately, has passed away since, but my family still remembers that very clearly. And uh, whenever I say anything close to buying something, they're like, shake their head, champagne taste on a beer budget. <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's a good one that's a good yeah. one for sure um yeah so uh you know like we mentioned um teams are <laughs> spending money um this week yeah. we had uh Bidal Bruhan, like you mentioned before he was added in 42 of the 43 leagues he was drafted in one league and held throughout the whole time um so you Is know that true? He- I couldn't figure that out I know that he was he was drafted. I don't know if the same owner held him the entire period. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. definitely drafted. I don't know if he was dropped and picked up, uh, but anyway, he was gone. So mm-hmm. he had 42 leagues. He was added all, in all 42, of course. Right. Um, and the, the highest bid for him was $235. The lowest winning bid was 13, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, it was all it was all over the place. I think people that could afford it wanted to spend a lot, and others, you know, they, they were they were unsure about his outlook and didn't really want to certainly spend a lot on him. So, you know, it, my two cents in the article was the question is what's what are the Rays going to do with with his playing time? Are they going to send him down, or are they just going to say no? Go ahead, you you play and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you run. Yeah. It's um, the bids were a lot. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you think a lot of people were expecting um, a lot of these bids to be um, upwards. I wouldn't expect the median to be like around 80. That's I thought it was going to be just a little lower, but um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like you said, teams have money um, and they're willing to bank on a possible upside, you know, slash league winner. Um, right. But I just don't see it. Like, I don't see it in in the opportunity. Um, and it's clear that, you know, he hasn't been playing every day while he's been up. Um, and also when Margot comes back, you know, who, who's he going to replace? Who are they going to send down? They're going to send uh, to walls down? Um, I don't think so. Like, he's pretty great at shortstop you know he's great defensively yeah, very um, good defensively yeah yeah you know and you know what are they gonna uh dfa uh brett phillips or or, or trade joey wendell you know, I, I don't know I, I don't see those things happening um and mm-hmm. a lot of things changed in 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 his profile too uh you know he he went from like a 90 percent contact hitter in the in the minors to like um 81 and a half ish this year and he was you know um he still had power growth that people um were you know raving about but maybe he made a more conscious effort to you know not get the um you know bat knocked out of his hand as much he was earlier you know like still like you know not being intimidated or overmatched but just uh becoming more of a power hitter but uh i don't know um it's uh he's got the handedness you know and the versatility that helps him too he's definitely a raised player but um you know just uh even like since june 1st in the minors he he just wasn't special uh he got off to a great start and then he went through a point where you know he got caught stealing three times out of the out of his nine attempts uh um yeah i think so um you know not great but slowed down he definitely yeah yeah um but everything i've read and 
heard about him is that he does have the talent. I mean, it could not, might not come out till 2023, but I, I right. certainly think that the kid is a player. Right, right. We were speaking of a dynasty league. It's just totally yeah. different story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, um, he can play. The kid has got talent. So I don't know. The Rays are probably like, hey, if the kid really hits well, we'll let him stay and we'll play him. If right. he really struggles like Kellenick did or something, you know, we have no problem sending him back down. Right. Yeah. And that's what um, that's what bothers me about trying to invest, you know, a bunch of fab in in that very real possibility and likeliness that that, you know, that that might happen, you know. So, um, yeah. And, you know, like we said, it's definitely different, different view in a dynasty league. But even then, even in a dynasty league, um, when these guys make their most noise is when I'm looking to deal them. So like, if I had Bruhan at that moment, it would be like, all right, you know, what do you got? You yeah, know, sure. that's a good way to play it. Especially if you're uh, you need a certain type of pitcher or hitter. It's a great time to trade a guy like that. But right. I think he's, he's probably owned in most dynasty leagues way before this. Oh yeah. 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 But this is when I'm trading him. Like yeah, yeah, right, sure. right when they get called up, I, I I've heard it from other people as well, saying that that's usually what they take, you know try to do to get the most value out of a player. Um, yeah, so yeah, so he was he was pretty pretty popular as um, as expected, and next most popular guy, another um, outfielder with a pretty similar skill set in terms of like um, what we're looking for him in terms of roto value is the you know possible power combination with good speed and that's Oscar yep. Mercado of the Indians picked up in 36 leagues for as high as 76. Um, he was a guy I was like semi-interested in. He, he had some conditionals. I think if I had like a floating spot available for like freely grabbing best player available, like um, not best player, but like best upside, yep. I probably would have sprinkled him in a little higher, but um, had yep. some team needs that kind of, uh, you know, um, bested that, but I was definitely interested. Did you have any interest in Mercado this yeah, week? I, put, I also put him in the waterfall, didn't get him because I was bidding too low. But yeah, he, I mean, look, I think he, because he had a homer and a steal in the same game, that perks everybody's interest. Um, the combo but, meal, the kids call it, right? Combo meal, yes. Yes. Team. So, uh, but, but I'm not sure. I mean, look, he's, is he a different player? In the past, he's really had trouble hitting consistently. Uh, so I wasn't willing to assume that this was going to be a regular occurrence, but again, it, like Wuhan, maybe he can catch fire and the, the Indians certainly need an outfielder. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Eddie Rosario, you know, went down with, uh, I think in a, um, a groin or oblique, one of those, I think would do yeah. oblique. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is an opportunity, you know, to, to, um, to stick up with the club, um, he, he was showing in the minors the same profile that kind of made him what he was in 2019, you know, so uh, he's, he's, he's got to continue that. Uh, I think he, he you know, got to get the ball up in the air a little bit, but still put it enough on the ground to take care of his, uh, to mm-hmm. take advantage of his speed as well. But um, exactly, exactly. yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, maybe players make an adjustment for, you know, trying to become a different bit of a player and they end up saying, you know what, that wasn't working for me. And maybe they make the adjustment to go back, you know? Um, so maybe yep. that's something that, um, sure. yeah, but uh, yeah, he was definitely an interest uh, at some level for me. Um, 
Um, yeah, he can give you that 10-10, maybe that rest of the season, 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, it's pretty big, you know. I think mm-hmm. uh, especially if, if anyone's trying to replace um, a uh, Ronald Acuna, obviously, you know, they're not going to replace him. Um, Todd, you know what? Let me ask you a question. First yep. of all, it's a shame what happened to Acuna. I, I, oh, man, it was just such a, it was such a weird play because he's such an athletic dude and it just didn't look like a very athletic play uh way more athletic than anything i could do uh but it's just uh it didn't look natural for him i don't know if he didn't know where the wall was or i don't know it was just a weird play but um Mm -hmm. when you lose a player like that are you like obviously what you're trying to replace i think um the bad x for the rest of the season had him for 20 homers and 18 stone bases rest of season so like are, are you trying to find a player like who can bring the most like himself or are you trying to piece that like a, you know, like a, a Frankenstein approach to maybe, you know, getting, you know, streaming, you know, get like getting a speed guy and streaming that power. Like how do you, you know, uh, maybe recommend anyone to go about doing that? It's a great question, Rob. I think it depends on your league because, um, I lost him in the league that we drafted. I'm way down the list, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. But also in one of our big auction leagues that we were doing very well in. And uh, look, I, I, I tried to get someone that would give me some steals because I feel like that's harder to find. That right. was my answer. And then maybe I can fill in with some power with other guys. Right. But I, there's no way to replace Ronald Acuna or any of these top guys. You just you just lost some production, especially in a fifteen team league. I mean, there's just nobody on the wire that's close to that. Nobody. Um, so I, I think you just have to lower your sights and say, who's the best guy that I can put in the outfield, and maybe, like you said, have an extra outfielder uh, than I normally would carry, so that I can try to maximize at bats or something. But that's about it. I, I think you got to just go for the best player offensively you can get. Right. Right. Um, what was his acu- acquisition cost in that auction league? Was it in the low 50s, mid 50s? I forget. What did we bid for the, I think it was, yes, low 50s. Low 50s, right? 54. Three or four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I remember uh, it being. Yeah. Just, for that draft, we just made up our mind to get him. Uh, that was the one, I guess, that you were drafting for Phil DeSoe. Yeah, I was right next to you, and that was going to – like, that was pretty much – I knew that was going to determine a lot, you know, after <laughs> after you what, got what Acuna. Did, did Phil – I can't even remember. Did Phil uh, want Acuna, or did, was he just out we on got, I think – yeah, we, I think he ended up getting Tatis. I think he didn't. Tatis? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We wanted Acuna for that league, and uh, we were happy to get him, and – I think he proved that he was the player that we thought he was. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he was great. And uh, just, you know, sometimes you lose a guy to injury. There's no no way. It was like the year that Trey Turner got hurt with that bunt play. You know, right. I mean, it was not because it was a bad draft pick. It was just, that's what happened, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's starting to become very, very familiar to like you know byron buxton with acuna he's been getting banged up a lot you know and he's just had he's starting to have like a a mountain of injuries you know that kind of adding up um you know and you gotta now question the the aggressiveness slash 
um, you know, possibility of, of the steals, you know, does it come back in two years Does it come back next year? You know, mm -hmm. just some interesting questions I was thinking about in my head for next year, thinking right. about how, how much that, you know, that value hit, you know, um, you know, yeah. adds into it. Like, you know, does yeah, he go to the mid first, later first? Running. I mean, just how is he running next year? It could be more than a year to recover. Right. Kind of thing. Even if he's coming back fine. Right. And, you know, maybe next, you know, next year, I think they'll have the DH, right? So is he, you know, maybe he can come back and hit, you know, and, but not, not be as aggressive on the base path. It's, sure. it's going to be interesting um, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, after Mercado, we have uh, Mr. David Price on the LA Dodgers. I added right. 33 leagues for as high as 67. Um, he was a popular ad. The Dodgers, are have become unexpectedly thin at starting pitching and um, starting to get stretched out to that starting, um, you know, pitcher. Well, you know, he's starting, uh, but he's still in his last game, uh, went three innings, faced 15 batters. Uh, do you think he gets to the point, Todd, where he is stretched out to go enough to get a win? Or you think he's just going to stay in this range of opening uh, three, four innings? I think he does get there, but I think he's not the same guy that he was a couple of years back. I think mm -hmm. he could get to five innings, Rob, and I think there's a reason why the Dodgers have been babying him even before this rash of injuries. They really haven't wanted to push him, you know, and he's only throwing two or three innings, as you mentioned right now. So I'm a little skeptical, but I do think he gets up to five or so but don't be surprised if he struggles in the fourth or fifth inning and they get him right out of there. So that's right. going to reduce his chance for a win. I don't think you're going to get the seven inning, 87 pitch David Price in the second half of this year. That's my prediction anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm kind of, uh, obviously I'm not going to read into the minds of a manager, you know, and, uh, organizational moves but i'm kind of on the same thinking of you know what like why wouldn't have he just been even from the start of the season i felt something was wrong that he right. just was ready to vacate starting um because right. i don't know he's always resembled to me that kind of workhorse give me the ball you know like uh you know yeah, exactly. i think a price and think of it you know i'm looking at his his assistant right now you know to like Innings pitch 224, 248, 220, 230. You know, one, yeah, uh, he was I, I don't know. To me, yeah, he's that guy. I just feel like in my head, like he fits the mold. Uh, he fall like, right yeah, in line with Kershaw. And, great to, to just give him two innings at a time. And I'm like, David Price, this is right. This I know is all you want to get from him. And you, you really are, we're just going to wait for Tony Gonsolin. We're not going to even think about David Price. So I, I don't yep. know. I think there's I something more at play. I'm not going to say he's not doesn't have any value or couldn't get some wins. Sure, he's pitching for the Dodgers, so I just don't. I wouldn't expect a return to the old pitcher that you remember. Yeah, right. And and I think for the 
But the biggest reason being, you know, that I don't know if he's going to be asked to go the distance to get wins, you know, and I think that's, you know, where he'll lose a ton of value. Um, I think, yeah, I think he can still be effective pitcher. um, And, you know, some of his metrics, you know, aren't very far from what he was previously at in his career. So I could see it, you know, being an effective David Price, but you know how much of it are we going to get? And uh, like you know, like we mentioned, is, is there a deeper worry that they're just babying him? Um, I don't know. You know who, who knows? They're very creative with their staff use and their bullpen use. So uh, I don't know, but definitely odd. Um, I definitely had I think um, a backup bid for a buck um, where I was speculating um, in one league on a closer. Um, right. And, you know, I just threw it in there. I was like, all right, well, I'll take yeah, his. That's fine. I mean, yeah. Look, yeah. If you get him for cheap, you can just always uh, see what happens. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's stay with another pitcher um, that I want to mention right beneath him. Tristan McKenzie also went in 33 leagues for yep. the Cleveland Indians. Um, high as 57 uh, and as low as eight bucks. A um, lot of winning bids in the um, low 20s to, uh, you know, mid to upper 30s. Um, what do you think of Mr. Tristan McKenzie? <laughs> well, he's, a, he's sort of an enigma. He got that one spot start on July 9th. He went seven shutout innings. And I think that's what got everybody excited. It was a great start. But the, the, the outings before that, he pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up a run. He pitched 5.1, gave up five. You know, Detroit, he did throw five shutout innings, but even the two before that were bad. So I think he might be a guy that's not quite ready, but he could still surprise you with an occasional great start. Um, he, he would look good last year, if you remember. He looked really good for a few starts. So let's let's wait and see. But again, it's another lottery ticket, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't expect it to turn out like he he's just churning out the quality stars. I think the lottery ticket <clears throat> aspect is there, um, in the in the essence that last year he was throwing ninety two eight, and this year has been ninety one five. So his run value, his stack has run value on his four seamer. Went from minus five, which is pretty good, to plus three, which is in the blue. Um, and he's throwing his fastball 10% more than he did last year. But in his last game back, his velo was up one six, one and a half miles an hour. So yeah. I think that just on maybe that sticking, because that the, we know that can be the difference in effectiveness, you know, just that yeah. one and a half is huge. Sure. So I think, yeah, I think it's a great, lottery play bid to try to get him um, because if it does stick and you know we see more of what we saw last year that could be really big for your team so I think it's definitely a good but you know his his bad things are really bad he gives up walks and then it's loud contact it's high barrels it's you know high um, exit velocity on fly balls it's max EV you know it's all the stuff you kind of scream away from but again you know, that can change with added velo. So, yeah, um, definitely a good stab here for anyone who took a shot at McKenzie. Yeah. Maybe, Rob, he's a guy that you want to just spot start against the weaker teams. You know, maybe maybe you can stay away from a blow-up if you do that, as opposed to just rolling him out there no matter who the opponent is. Um, so he could, he could be valuable that way. He did handle Kansas City, and he 
did well against Detroit, but he had some problems with other teams. Right. Yep. Definitely. And but it's also like I, you know, if if you really need pitching help and you well, sure. make a decision to like give him a couple of looks and you keep losing good starts, you know, it's exactly. uh exactly. yeah, it could it could bite you in the butt <laughs> that way, um, for sure. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of closers yep. um that were high up on the list. Paul Seawalls and the Mariners added in the 27 leagues, Anthony Bender on the Marlins and added in 25 leagues. Um Seawald went for as high as 39. Um, a lot of bids from 12 to 17 and then a bunch of bids from like one through six bucks uh he was um i, I picked him up last week in a league um uh-huh. you know i uh, just kind of saw that that eighth inning looked to be his um you know you just again speculating on uh you know who they you know throw in that you know, that week or that game, but he'd just been lights out in an aspect of throwing a guy out there to get you K's, you know, um, he, he, sure. he yeah, he, he's just been really effective striking out a ton of batters, um, you know, pitching two or three innings a week. So, um, and then Anthony Bender on the Marlins, um, I went pretty, pretty heavy for him as well. Um, in both of my main events in one league, I picked him up and I dropped Seth Lugo, Lugo, uh, the guy I really didn't want to drop, but, um, I felt like the opportunity to make the difference up in saves was mm-hmm. too good. And, and the other league, I dropped Cole Salsa for him, which, uh, you know, I took a stab on last week and thought he was going to get a chance to go with it. And then he was brought in the fifth and sixth inning. And it's just like, I don't right. know what's happening here, but Bender is a guy I thought was just going to be a little more popular. Um, I guess in terms of uh, what he went for as well, um, I in my two leagues, I got him. I was the high of the week with sixty-one. Um, uh-huh. I really needed closer in that in that league, and I still had some decent amount of money left. And um, last week, the two closers went to try to thing. I'm you know just trying to make sure I'm doing is seeing what you know closes went for the previous week, and it was like you know fifty-seven and fifty-two-ish. So I kind of wanted to be like, all right, well, if someone looks at that and goes above that too, you know, so. Um, you know, try to get that for sure. And, um, and, and then now league where I didn't have that much money left. That was the one that was really like a nail biter. Cause I knew it was like, that wouldn't be, a, you know, it still have to be a semi-aggressive bid, but I, I was also getting to a point where I didn't have much money left. So I knew that I had to be a little more frugal, like we mentioned, and I got him for 27, but um, I thought he was going to be more popular, like all the way around, you know, like dollar wise and um, get him everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he was the more popular than Seawald. It just looks the other way around because I think Bender was picked up by a lot of teams the previous week. Mm-hmm. So I think he is more popular than Seawald. And in terms of the dollar amount, I think it's just a function of people have less money than they did the week before or two weeks ago. So I, I don't think it's it's that people didn't want him. Um, but, you know, he did have a couple of outings after he got the save where he gave up earned runs. And I think that cooled the people on him just a little bit. Hmm. And I do think he's still the next guy, uh, depending on what happens with Yimmy, whether he's traded or whether he loses the job. Yeah. He's still not a hundred percent owned, which that's what I, I guess what I meant. I I felt Uh like he would have been, you know, scooped up everywhere. Um, And I, yeah, I get the, I get the giving up a couple of runs, but, I feel like um, uh, a relief pitcher who got two 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 chances to close in one week and three in uh, about ten days mm-hmm. 
early in the season at the hundred plus all the way around. Oh well, yeah. It's it's just the more I look at this, Rob, the, the more I, I learn that it's just like two different leagues when you're yeah. in April, May, or when you're bidding in July. Right. Even the same thing. You can't even consider what it was going for back then. Right. Very good point. Very good point, Todd. Thank um, you. <laughs> I guess it was just, a, a, just, just looking at a lot of the runner ups too, you know, it was just a lot of ones, a lot of ones, a lot of yeah. sixes. Like yeah. it, it just looked like it wasn't, I, I guess I thought it was just going to be a little bit more of a, uh, you know, people were just going to be t- slightly more aggressive with the, I guess yeah. the dollar amount. I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. Um, I want to cover one more hitter, uh, yep. a guy that I jumped on twice last week, my boy Orlando Arcia. Um, he's yeah. picked up in 24 leagues this week, um, as high as 76 and as low as two bucks. Um, you know, he, he got the opportunity to play pretty much every day. There was one game he didn't start, and he came in um, and he pinched it for a double on a ribby. Um, then with the CUNA injury, kind of expect maybe that he might be get a chance to play every day. Um, so mm-hmm. he was pretty popular this week. Um, is there any other batters that kind of caught your eye um, up at the top that you were um, um, that you wanted to dive into? I mean, the only the only guy that I really got was uh, I got a couple of shares of Zach Collins, who's filling in for Grandal. Mm. Um, but no, I there, I don't think there was any dynamic hitting additions for this week. And there were mostly fill in guys for different areas. I I did also add. I, I guess I should mention. Uh, Adam Engel from the White Sox. I love Engel. That's such a like he was he was actually above Mercado for me in a couple of my uh-huh. conditionals. Um, I I really love his blend of power and speed. I think it's super sneaky. <laughs> yeah, I think and I think he you know Larusa is not by far not my favorite manager, but once he has a guy out there that starts getting hits, it doesn't matter whether it's Billy Hamilton or whatever. He sticks with the guy for a while. So right. I think Engel will be able to play, at least for the short term. And that's the leagues where I added him. That's what I was looking for. Right. Um, one thing about um, Collins I wanted to ask you before I forgot. Um, yeah. I kind of thought he was going to get more of the run, you know, and they they brought up, um, I think, Zavala is how you say his last name from the minors. And in the last five games, he's actually caught more games than Collins. I, I, I thought he was going to – I thought they were going to give him a little more, I guess I was expecting. And I don't know if that's a defensive thing or. um... I I think he's still the primary guy. I could be wrong, but I I think he just needed a little break. He had been playing a fair amount even before the Grandal injury. Mm -hmm. So it's, and I think he'd even DH'd a couple of times. So I'm not, I'm not worried. I could be worried in a week, but I'm not worried right now that he's going to be, getting 20% of the starts. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but going back to Engel, I really, I really love what I've seen from him so far. 47 plate appearances, five homers, two ribbies, uh, two stolen bases, sorry, um, 21 yeah. runs plus uh, He has RBIs. power and he, he can he, steal yeah. bases. Right. So I right. think he, uh, he, he is what people are hoping from Mercado. Hopefully, right. uh, hopefully you and I got it right and added the right guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 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 I, uh, like I said, I added him some other leagues, um, but he was some. Um, he was a conditional in the main. So, like yeah. I said, if I had a uh, a specific need for him, I, I probably would have been a little more aggressive. But I love that bid, Todd. Great, great job there with Angle. Um, 
Let's see here. I wanted to bring up one more picture that was sure. before you get into your actually um, two couple of things that caught my eye. Teams um, being aggressive on like injured catchers coming back. Um, uh, yeah. I was uh, you know pretty aggressive with that too. Not you know dollar wise, but I dropped Jeffers to pick up Mitch Garver for three bucks in our league. Um, uh-huh. Willing to take the zero for the four days, and you know um, hope he can come back Monday. I just think that kind of eliminates my headache of worrying about that second catcher so much. Um, uh, Well, at least I hope so. Um, Hope Garver comes back and he's able to prove that, uh, you know, he can stay healthy and still be pretty effective. Um, I think it helps with Jeffers going down and Austin Noller um, as well was picked up in about eight leagues. Uh, Everyone, uh, he he was still held on to in a lot of leagues. more than I kind of expected, but I guess that's what happens when you, you know, you have a good catcher and you don't want to lose it, uh, his ability to come back and help you. So, um, yeah, just a couple of little trends yeah. like that, that I kind of like, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, be aggressive on, I guess, um, when everyone's kind of thinking, uh, about volume and, and sneaking in more at bats in a, you know, in a short week with the teams that have the four games and they want the other route. So, um, Pretty interested, but before you do your wow bit of the week, I'm gonna give you mine because the one that wowed me was Nestor Cortez Jr. <laughs> on the Yankees going for yes. 100 and, 130 bucks. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. I mean, I, I've watched him pitch because I'm watching the Yankees and he he's been good, you know, but but he's pitching three four innings, and I I just don't think he's gonna provide that kind of value. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of crazy, especially at this point of the season. There was no need to bid that much for him. If he, it looked like someone got excited to maybe get back into the game because they dropped Rob, Rob Ruff Snyder, which I'm pretty sure has had a concussion for like six weeks now. Yeah, yeah. So it maybe was a, an owner that has not been paying attention. And just, yeah, has an affinity for Nesta Cortez Jr. <laughs> Maybe Nestor's brother. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just joking. But that was that was an unusual bit. Even the one for um, let's see, the one for Tyler Rogers, and he's he could get some saves, but 102 dollars. I think that was unnecessary as well. Um, and yeah, David Peralta, he got a bit over 100. You know, he's not had a good year, even though he probably shouldn't have been on the wire, but still. Right. I don't think he's hit a homer in like seven weeks. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the wow bid of the week was for Bruhan. It was that $230 bid. Uh, and the, the runner-up was 51. So it was it was a little bit of an overbid. There were some 100 plus runner-up bids. The high runner-up bid for Bruhan was 116. Mm. That, that owner did not even get him. So you know, there was bidding going on. There was aggressive bidding for these kind of guys. And I think, I think there are a few guys that are going to sort of get, get this kind of attention, but, um, but anyway, there's only four that got any kind of a successful bid over hundred, Wuhan, Nestor Cortez, Peralta and Tyler Rogers. Right. Very nice. Uh, talk about the drops. Yeah. Acuna, in 31 leagues, uh, is the other 12 owners just sleeping or they just want to, you know, maybe some, maybe he just elects not to have surgery and says, I am, I am Iron Man and it suits up again. Um, I, but, could agree. I mean, I, I know I had, I had 
I had trouble myself putting them on the drop list. Right. And so I, I remember having that real big issue early in the season with Robert and, you know, that, and, uh, you know, I dropped them because I was, I wanted to stay aggressive with, you know, um, getting the most out of my team. Um, it, it wasn't a main event, um, but still, uh, you know, just like it was a big thing. It was a big decision in my head to just do. And uh, it sucks, yeah. you know, but um, one guy that you have second on your list here was um, one of the guys that was a little torn on dropping. And, and that was Daz Cameron, uh-huh. um, especially in a league where it's my auction league. Where I kind of need a little power speed guy just like that. Uh, but that was my drop for um, Mr. Engel, as we just discussed. Right, so, right. um I don't know. I'm hoping I don't regret that drop, but that was well, one yeah, that definitely hard, caught my eye. It's hard to argue against dropping any injured player in the NFPC because you have so few bench spots. Right. I think he's worth mentioning and maybe uh, the listeners, you know, someone to keep an eye on because he does have potential if he gets playing time. And I don't think the injury is so severe that he's going to be out, you know, for six weeks or anything. So, right. It's a stub toe, um, you know, uh, you know, being a power speed player. Um, and just like you said, it's the playing time too, you know, the Tigers were doing uh, Tiger things. Um, yeah. Of course, uh, you know, so he wasn't really getting full opportunity, but maybe that happens if they, you know, smarten up and realize no more Mazzara is not really a major league baseball player anymore. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, another guy that you wrote was uh, Cole Solcer. He was, he'd been pretty popular roller coaster guy in the last couple of weeks you know i think he could still get some saves i know you had to drop him but you know i i think the orioles are just sort of mucking around when they get to the ninth inning and it's three to one and they're ahead um um i think that he could slide in there for a save opportunity but but again it's the orioles so i'm not sure he's the most valuable commodity still but saves of any stripe are sort of uh, an asset that you want Right. Um, Odabel Herrera, um, is, is his injury more severe than I previously thought I read about? Or? I don't think so, because I was surprised to see the number of drops for him. He's been playing rather well. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's just, just, just that bat, you know, at the top of the lineup. It's left ankle tendonitis. Mm. Um and he could come back, they say, maybe once they resume. So maybe, let's say it's a week later, even then. I'm yeah. not sure he's worth a drop in 13 leagues. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, looking at his usage prior to that, I don't know if it was hurting him before, but he started to lose some playing time. But it must have been bothering him. I haven't yeah, really been paying attention to him because I didn't know him. Uh, I, I don't have him anywhere, so... Uh, wasn't really t- paying attention too much in that playing time. Yeah. Um, but uh, Gavin Sheets was another one that was kind of surprising considering how m- much people invested in him in last week. And he's, like you mentioned in your article, he's still getting that playing time. You know, yeah, but- he's still in time. I mean, I think people are, you know, they're sort of hair trigger. They're, you know, they see a guy, they like him, they bid on him. He doesn't do quite what they want. And then they dump him really quickly. I'm not sure you can afford to do that unless you really saved your fab at the beginning of the year. Um, you're just sort of churning as you, you mentioned this a few weeks ago, Rob, that you, you hate to do that with the closers or the almost closers. Chasing waste. 
Jason Waste. I mean, look, it's, <laughs> Sheets, uh, he's still playing and he still has power potential. And depending on your team, you could still try them out there and maybe get good results. Right. Um, the one guy I want to bring up is Mike Miner, who was dropped in six leagues. Um, uh-huh. Six leagues. Um, another result haven't been uh, maybe what people have expected. He had a bad um, outing or two, didn't he? Yeah, he's just getting hit very hard, um, super hard. Um, good battle percentage, home run, all, all that. It just definitely has to come down. Um, no, his ERA five six seven, but the Sierra spit that four two three. The uh, the FIP four three six. So it's still it's still a pretty good overall skill set. Um, yeah, I think it was like what was a severe drop with him, and what I noticed was his effectiveness on his um, changeup um, was was pretty 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 drastic difference. Um, I think the run value on that again on Statcast uh, moved uh, a ton. Um, I just had it pulled up. Let me see if I can find it. The changeup last um, in in twenty nineteen was minus twenty four, and it was. Uh, Top ten percentile in the league, and this year is at a plus nine. It's in the blue. It's one of the worst. Um, huh. So it's weird. The usage on it has dropped. Um, the whip percentage, the swinging strike percentage, all that has dropped. The batting average on the pitch, um, expected slug, everything, everything has risen on the changeup. Um, yeah. The only thing I really found because I have him in a ton of places, so I kind of like did a, a you know trying to investigate to see if I could just see any anything that kind of you know represented some kind of difference. And the only thing I found that was like really totally off and um, was looking at the zone plot of his changeup, and it 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 went more from like middle. Uh, like you know bottom right quadrant to just mostly you know um, the extreme corner of that quadrant um, uh-huh. and uh, it just and I also found like his his um, the extension the release like the extension on the pitch uh, like changed um, like uh, I don't know you know it's not drastic again I don't know how big these changes are but when you look at the chart and it Dropped down from like six to like five, five. Uh, I don't know. To me, those things might, you know, represent something off. So I don't know if it's uh it's an injury thing or he's just a little off. But I still think that he has enough in um in the two belt and effectiveness. I think for a deeper leagues like this in the main event where mm-hmm. um, where pitching will be at a premium late in the season, just having right. a guy right. who grabs the ball and pitches can still be effective. But um, yeah, I start my little mini role on Mike Miner. But like I said, I have, uh, I have him in a lot of spots and a lot of draft champions too. So when I'm trying to make my starting lineups, sometimes just as stressful as, uh, <laughs> you know, fabbing <laughs> it, it's because uh you know, on, on some team, you just may have like uh, a ton of decent options, you know, and you really have to get nitty gritty on, okay, you know, am I going to go with do this two starts or, you know, why is so a lot of my diving into minor all season long, the changeup was like really the only thing that stood out. Um, yeah. But if anyone has noticed anything else changed about Mike Minor, please tell me I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But um. <laughs> I do think he needs that second pitch because his fastball is not so fantastic that he, right. he can just get by on that. So unless he has a changeup or some kind of off-speed pitch working, I think he's going to get poor results. 
Right. Right. And, and, you know, the, the, um, his swinging strike and, and, um, his whiff per swing on his, you know, slider change up curve, uh, sliding curve. It's not terrible. It's like hovering around league, league average, a little bit below it, but it's not getting like, um, you know, hit hard. So, you know, the other pitches are kind of helping him out, but the change up isn't, but, um, that's enough for Mike Myers. Let's do a quick Coliseum. (laughs) We'll talk about, um, standings quickly, but it's seven thirty, and no run derby's on suit, and we got a blast to this. Okay, sure. So the, uh, just the update: we're doing the top four players from three weeks ago. Are they good, bad, or medium ads? And uh, we had Abraham Toro, Jesus Sanchez, Matt Manning, and Johan Alviedo. And the two hitters that we got medium grades: Toro and Sanchez uh, didn't really produce all that much. Sanchez had a little better average couple of homers, but they really didn't do a huge amount. And then Manning and Oviedo really uh, did poorly. They got thumbs down. Um, so our, our, our totals are only um, uh, nine good ads out of 48 players. Um, and uh, 25 were are bad ads and 14 are somewhere in the middle. So it's really disappointing that the ads have not been that good this year. I kind of expected better results, but maybe this is how it's always gone. And we just never really focused in on the popular ads each week. Right. Absolutely. Good point. Definitely not a, uh, uh, not a um, conversion accessory that we want to see uh, no. for the top bid guys. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Um all right, and let's, all right, so let's briefly uh, go over the overall standings and what's been shaking down over there. Yes. So Phil Dassault, uh, he, he's still leading three weeks in a row now. Um, he's got a 203-point lead at the All-Star break, which is one of the bigger ones. I don't remember who's, who's had more, but um, Greg Martin is in second. Um, and, and I think Phil's total 56-40 Point five is close to the highest anyone's had all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, most of the guys that have led at one point or another are still in the top 20. There's a couple that have fallen back. But again, the three guys that are really showing that they're really strong all across the board are Phil, uh, Clark Olson, and Tyler Young. They have uh, at least three teams that are really top-notch in the main event. And, uh, you know, I just impressed with how well they've done. I do also list the league leaders, each league leader. And this week I did add in a color code for whether the league is a very small margin of, uh, of, of the lead for the top team or a medium or a uh, large lead. There were 17 teams that had a very large lead of 10 points or more. Um, the five to 10 were considered medium and the under five were, are low. So you can, if you look at the article, and it's a free article on spstreamer.com, you can see which league and whether, if you're in one of these leagues, whether the lead is large, medium, or small. Nice, very nice, Todd. I love the color breakdown. Um, you're really bringing it, you're bringing the heat uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you mentioned just um, some, you know, some great players and some, some fantastic things that are happening at the top there. Um, sure. Uh, just really, really awesome. Um, just taking a look at this and the names and 
you know, the players you recognize, but you don't, but um, just a couple of, of the guys that, you know, that kind of like to talk to and friends uh, like Mark Zerebro and uh, Matthew Davis um, and um, Andrew Geller, who is the guilds on Twitter. He, today, he, he, did a little screenshot of his of his leagues in the NFC and it's just super impressive like you know when when you get to see what other people are doing and and how you know how well they're playing so far in the season I think you know like everyone understands there's still um you know ton of season left but uh you know it's um when you're doing real good you know you know you just gotta uh appreciate it every now and then you know and still understand it's a grind but it's uh you know um really there's some really fantastic players out there and you realize how competitive and um you know it really is so if you're doing well you know uh it's it's good you know you sure. take it you know you you can you can hold your head up high for a little bit and not be ashamed about it so i know people are like very taboo about the you know showing how your team to doing thing but um it's not you know for me it's like no different than when we make draft picks and everyone post the draft boards oh, like yeah, you know yeah. yeah it's just uh we're, it's where we get a lot of our banter and you know a lot of our you know yeah. good talks uh, these are know. real standings this is not like you know projected or anything this is uh, what people have accomplished and i it may not be the same way at the end of the season, but I get, tip my hat to all these guys that have done well over the first half. I think it's great. And, you know, I'm impressed by the group that's consistently stayed at the top. They, right. I, I did mention there's 16 guys and they account for 24 of the first place positions when there's only 43 main event leagues. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty amazing that these guys, with different draft slots, different players still managed to rise to the top and, and, and beat most of these other guys who are also good players. Yeah. That's really awesome. Just hats off to everyone who puts in the grind and um, hats off to everyone, you know, maybe new to this or you may be trying to get better. You know, it's just, uh, it's it. Just stay at it. Keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, again, uh, it's really, really awesome. I had tipped anyone who's who's um, doing well in the leagues and, uh, you know, just just going at it. There's a lot to learn from out there. So keep trying to get better. Um, Todd, let's end this by letting everyone know where they can find your work and all that sure. fun stuff and Twitter as well. Yeah. So SBStreamer.com, as I mentioned, the free article. Um, I also do post in the forums of NFBC so people can get the link there. Um, and also I'm on the Discord at SBStreamer. For 10 bucks a year, you can join that and have nice discussions on a wide variety of topics. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at Telstar7. People want to hit me up. I'm happy to try to help. And I just look forward to a little break, Rob. Hopefully, we have a successful second half and we'll enjoy following the all the leagues. It, it's sort of fascinating to keep track instead of just seeing what your own personal league is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's um, good to, you know, take a look around, maybe look at things that, you know, normally look at, or maybe just take a complete break and read a book. You know, everyone's going to have a different approach um, for sure. Just remember if you sleep, that's when, did I say before Todd? I forgot already. When you sleep, that's when we make a leap. All right. Something like that. All right. All right. But yeah. Um, Definitely enjoy the festivities. Enjoy the Derby, Todd. Enjoy watching the the All Star Game. Um, you know, enjoy that. It should be great. 
This is uh, should be baseball's, uh, you know, one of their shining moments at least to display the wonderful talent we have in the league. Um, even with guys bowing out, um, you know, there's still a bunch of good things that we can look forward to. Yeah, cool. All right, Todd, thanks for joining me, and thanks for everyone to listen to the Pro Hitter Podcast. And yeah, remember to head over to sbstreamer.com, read Todd's article. Um, join the Discord. It's really fun. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter at Pull Pod, or check it out on Pull Podcast on all your podcast platforms. Leave a rating and review. That would be really cool. And definitely follow Todd on Twitter and bug him with lots of questions. All right. Later, Todd. Thank you, buddy. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter and at Pull Pod. Yeah, hope everyone enjoys the festivities for baseball and you can choose to, you know, take the time off to, you know, if you're fully invested and, you you know, you need a little mental break, take take time off or you could just keep hitting it and keep getting at finding some player trends maybe that you weren't paying attention to before, you know, maybe diving into some articles that maybe you put aside or, you know, um, read a book, you know, whatever. So, but either way, joy the show thank you for listening thank you for leaving waiting in review you guys are awesome took out the that's whatever 47 seconds of your day to really do something to put a big smile on my face so i appreciate you guys thank you for doing that and thank you for everyone for listening talk to you soon we're going to be coming at you with a little prospect talk for redraft we're looking at um i think i mentioned this last week but we're going to be doing this this week for sure with michael richards um, he's one of my closest friends in the industry and we'll be talking about some possible players that are in the minors that might get a chance to come up and this is strictly looking at redraft leagues and looking at um, the non-shiny prospects the guys that could could possibly help you um, okay, get called up after some playing time opening up through trades from uh, teams that are are shipping off goods for the future um, and whatnot. So um, pay attention for that. This should be dropping this week. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Later. <laughs> Almost forgot. Don't be a bag of shit.